Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wedgeworth Leadership Podcast. My name is Kevin Kent, and I'll be your host for this episode. I'm excited to be joined by two current class members today, Class 11's Heather Mulling and Corey Michael. We decided to change things up a little bit. Typically, we select class members to contribute to a blog post, which we include um, in the Wedgeworth Wire. But after this seminar with so much to unpack, we thought it'd be great to continue our conversations and reflections in a podcast to share with everyone, whether you're in the field or on the road. So today we're highlighting our experiences from Strawn Seminar 5, our most recent seminar in the Fort Pierce Vero Beach area. But before we dive into our reflection, let's get to know Heather and Corey a little bit more. Heather, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your connection to ag and natural resources. Hi, thank you for having us today, Kevin. My name is Heather Mulling. I'm located down in Homestead, Florida. My family company is Robert is Here. We specialize in rare and exotic tropical fruit. I do the human resources and the marketing and community outreach for our company. I'm involved in the Florida Agritourism Association and the Dade County Farm Bureau and in our local Chamber of Commerce. And I'm also a mom of four boys. Thanks, Heather. Corey, let's hear a little bit about yourself and your ties to agriculture and natural resources. Yeah, my name is Corey Michael. Um, I am located in Gainesville, Florida. Um, Kind of all of my family has background in agriculture. Um, and so it was kind of a natural fit for me that uh, shortly after graduating from the University of Florida, um, started a company working with agriculture growers, um, basically trying to help them maximize their irrigation efficiency. Um, so the, the name of the company is H2O Technologies, and we use uh, soil moisture probe sensor technology to help growers you know, become the most efficient irrigators um, and apply as little water and uh, nutrients as possible um, to help them save as much as they possibly can. Thank you both for uh, joining us today. We, you know, we really had a range of visits and tours and speakers while we were in Vero Beach and in Fort Pierce. Uh, an underlying theme, though, across all these tours um, and visits were was innovation. And we saw how people were forced to think outside the box to keep their business and livelihood going. We also saw people that chose to think outside the box um, to keep their business and livelihood going. So let's get started um, sharing our biggest takeaways from the seminar, whether it was you know something that someone said, something that we observed or something that we just wrote down that we're going to bring back to our own companies and organizations. So again, Heather, we'll start with you. What was one of your biggest takeaways? One of the really cool things that I I got out of this seminar was finding your niche. And through innovation, a lot of these companies have kind of found that specialty thing that they do, whether it's where they sell their product, uh, who their clientele is, or what their exact uh, marketplace is. Um, Looking at the riverfront packing company and and whether the product they can get a higher price for certain products if they do ship internationally and so they're able to sell locally and internationally and kind of have two markets which is a really cool thing to look at and looking at like natalie's orchid orange juice um, finding their specific thing where there's a high quality product that they have to have and that one resonated with me a lot because we sell a very high quality. We sell number one product. And sometimes our products are a little bit more expensive. And people are like, oh, wow, it's the that's the tourist price. But that's not the tourist price. That's because we're selling number one quality product. We don't want to sell the number twos or the Kohl's. And we, we pride ourselves in that. And that's our niche. And what we do is selling that, that number one product. And then also explaining it to people. 
because you can go to any other store and just pick up a, a grapefruit or pick up a mame or a carambola or some kind of other unique fruit and just pick it up and take it home. Or somebody can tell you how to eat it, when it's ripe, when the best quality is, how you can make it into a recipe or things like that. And that's what we do and what sets us apart. So it was really cool to see how a lot of these other successful businesses in agriculture are doing the same types of things and also gives you a good perspective for the future. No, that's awesome. We, I think we saw a lot of that. And, you know, we've heard so much about finding your niche, um, but to to see people, you know, having having done that and applied it and the other steps that go along with it, like you mentioned, Heather, like telling the story around that, it's it's one thing to to, you know, have that, that high-end products, but what makes it high-end and then finding the people that to buy or purchase that high-end product and, and why they should buy it. Uh, there's a lot more work that, that goes into finding your niche than just identifying, you know, what makes you different there. So, Corey, what was one of your uh, biggest takeaways from the seminar? I think that uh, some of the things that, that we did in the process were, were very helpful for me as a leader. Uh, one of the activities we did um, going through this thinking hat activity. Uh, so something where basically we, we go through the process of each having to apply a different hat to think differently. So it might start with facts and then you, you have to switch from strictly facts to now we're thinking about feelings um, and kind of going through these six different hats to change the way you think. Um, what I learned is I think that that's helpful for both us as leaders to kind of expand the way that we think um, but also for the, the, the people in our organization um, to kind of let them put on a hat that they might normally not wear. Um, and I think that that will allow us as, as organizations to grow in ways that, that we haven't in the past because people were so siloed into thinking just the way that, you know, they've always thought um, as opposed to kind of getting outside of themselves. And, you know, there's, there's ideas that, that people can provide that they just haven't had the opportunity to think that way. Um, so I thought that was a really, really cool way to to go through the the thinking process. Um, like I said, both for us and to to bring back to our yeah, definitely. You know the, that the thinking hat process I think is extremely valuable. We don't stop and slow down and think about how we think, and so particularly when we talk about topics like innovation or we or we think about what's next for our company or organization, they're really slowing down and think about okay, how am I approaching this? You know. How are other people approaching this? Who can I bring to the table to help me make some of these decisions there? I think that process is is key to that um, and really just kind of puts everybody on the same at you know at the same table um, to to really have some cool in, uh, conversations about innovation and creativity and and just futuristic conversations about what's next. Um, before we move on, I'm curious uh, to hear from each of you. What hat do you wear the most? Uh, uh, is, it, is it do you do you wear your feelings hat more, or do you do you stick with? Um, is it all about the facts? Which one did do you feel like you you wear the most? I, I feel like I wear the feelings or even the responsibility hat a little bit the most. Um, my feelings, you know, I try to take them out of the scenario, but I feel this, even this sense of responsibility, what I want to like make sure everything is good and make sure it's the right way. Um, I really, like Corey said, think that this is was a really cool exercise. So I think a lot of times in, in agriculture and specifically when it's a family owned business, it's hard sometimes to slow down and really 
give that opportunity to think in other avenues that you may not have thought. It's just go, 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 do the next thing, keep pushing forward. And this slow down and think, I think is something that our entire culture is missing on all aspects. And I'm the complete opposite of Heather. Um, the, the feeling hat is the hat that I rarely wear. So it was a great opportunity to kind of force myself to put that on. Um, I, I more tend to the, the facts hat. Um, and so kind of getting outside of just what is, you know, completely factual and, and thinking a little beyond that uh, was challenging, but very good for me. That's awesome. Heather, what was what was another one of your takeaways um, from from the seminar? Something that I thought was really unique was that there was two different uh, farmers at one location we were at, and they were both talking about vertical integration. And one of the, the farms was talking about how they want to become more vertically integrated from production to harvest. And then another one of the farms was saying, no, we're done. We're going to stick to our niche and stick to just the harvest. And, and it was very unique to me because I feel like it showed that we can all be different and all successful at the same time and also kind of show that every company has their limits of what they are able to do, what they're willing to do, and, and the possibility of growth. Uh, one of them was kind of downsizing. So to me, it, it kind of just shows the the different aspects of where farms are in, in their um, longevity of their business. And sometimes vertically integrating is going to make that business go longer. And then sometimes taking that away is going to make that business go longer. So it just showed that uniqueness and that we all just have to, it kind of goes back to finding that unique thing about yourself and what's going to make your business thrive and, and try not to be like everyone else. Yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting to hear that, you know, those varying perspectives, you know, you we've heard so much about vertical integration and, and or companies that are doing that. And then to hear someone say that they're not doing that and they're choosing not to do that. You know, I, I think that was pretty neat to hear their, their perspective on that. Corey, what, what was another, uh, another thought you had in terms of takeaways from the, from the seminar? Uh, so one I had at um, Mr. Sherrard's uh, Citrus Grove as well. Um, uh, Mr. Brantley Sherrard, the older gentleman, was telling us that basically, you know, he's been doing this for decades. Um, and he made the comment that, you know, I'm going to be doing this until I die because this is, you know, what I want to do. I care about this industry. Um, and so, you know, we talk a lot about the resiliency of agriculture. Um, and so just thinking through the, the resiliency of this industry it's been hammered with with a disease that you know it was at no fault of their own um you have people like mr sherrard who have been doing it for for decades who said that you know i'm gonna keep fighting um because it's worth it um <clears throat> really cool to me to hear like i said um we we know that agriculture is resilient um but then you get to see these people that that are just continuing to fight um even you know when the odds aren't in their favor but they say you know it's worth it i'm gonna keep fighting um, so I, I, I really respect the, the people that have been doing that. And so that was really encouraging to see. Yeah, I, it's it's so encouraging to hear, particularly, you know, with with everything that's going on now and the industry that, um, you know, that what we're facing to to hear the stories of those that have been through several of these uh, struggles or, you know, challenges that we've faced in the industry, just to hear their their story is so encouraging. Um, 
And I wish that we could, you know, bottle that up and share that with every producer and everybody involved in agriculture across the state. So uh, just, to, you know, yeah, you know, to create some even more encouragement there. Heather, let's hear another takeaway from you from, from the seminar. Another thing that I thought was really cool was from Mary Grace from uh, Natalie's Orchid Orange Juice. She said so many things. I, I was taking like rapid fire notes um, during her speech, but there were so many things that she said from, you know, having God in the workplace to being genuine and, and, you know, your quality being number one, but she really just made it to me where it was like, it's an all inclusive thing in your business where it's, it's, you're dealing with people. So whatever that looks like, whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be a religious thing, but whatever that looks like to make sure that you're elevating your employees and your people to be the best that they can be. And she said something that really stood out to me said, not everyone wants to be a CEO. And to me that sometimes, you know, not everyone wants to be the manager. Not everyone wants to own that company. So meet them where they are and elevate your staff in the position that they can be and and help them find what they can be that's the best. Because sometimes they may not even know either. They just may think they're working for your company and they may not even think that there is a, a, a form of promotion or a form of elevation in that company. And that's something that we've done in our business. You know, we, for the first time ever, we have management that's not family members, that are not mullings. And, and so that to me is a really cool thing and, and hearing other people say that in their family businesses really made me think, okay, we need to do that and we need to find the unique characteristics that these people have that we can help elevate them to be better people. And I know my father-in-law has said that he's, he has a gentleman that worked for him as a young kid years and years ago, and he's now a manager at one of the local public's um, area stores. And it's just really cool to see that this young kid was able to, to go from working at a little fruit stand, bagging corn and sweeping floors to be able to be in management for a big box store. And so to me, I think I, I want to take that and the people under me elevate them. They, of course, you want to keep those people in your own company, but if you can elevate them to where they can succeed and be successful somewhere else, I think that also speaks highly of your own business. So I thought that was a really cool thing, meeting people where they are and trying to elevate them to be their best selves. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, the whole time we, we really focused on innovation, uh, you know, as a product or as a process, you know, we innovate how we, you know, package or harvest or we innovate the, you know, a new product, right? But if we look down to it, particularly um, in the example that you just mentioned, Heather, it's also innovation can happen within our company in, in something like the management or the structure of our organization. How are we innovating how we're leading and how we're managing people and surrounding ourselves with people to move our company organization forward there? It's it's so much slow down and think about that type of stuff, you know, not just the products that we're selling um, or or the, the processes that we use to to harvest. So that's a, that's a really great point, Heather. Corey, let's hear another uh, big takeaway from you from the seminar. Yeah, kind of similar to uh, what Heather was just saying. I felt that there was a common theme um, between when we were at the Navy SEAL Museum, uh, listening to Miss Sexton and uh, Dr. Moore um, from the local college down there. Uh, like Heather was saying, all three of these people were, it was so important to them to first know their people that work with them. And then second, how do we get the most out of them? 
Um, how do we help them maximize, you know, know their talents and then maximize what their talents are um, for the benefit of the organization? Um, obviously, for whether it's a school or a business, uh, the importance of maximizing, you know, people's potential looks a lot different than if you're a Navy SEAL and it's literally life and death. Um, but ultimately, you know, all three of those organizations from the leadership they made sure that they knew all of their members well enough to know that, you know, there were these key areas that they could all kind of plug into and, and we could help them grow into those roles, um, ultimately for the benefit of, of the whole organization. Um, <clears throat> so I think that that was, that was a really cool takeaway for me, just seeing that from, you know, multiple different levels, um, how well they were investing in their people. Yeah, absolutely. And we, and we talked about um, investing in people. We've talked about it in a couple different um from a couple different perspectives. And one that comes to mind is creating that culture. So, you know, creating that culture where everybody feels comfortable um, and, and wants to be a part of the team and contribute to uh, the company or the organization, contribute to innovation and creativity. Um, I, you know, talking about those three examples, I, I even think about what what is the culture like at those companies and, you know, it. it particularly with those, it seems like from what was shared with us that it's really exciting to be a part um, and to work with those individuals just because of the culture they described um, that they've created um, for the people that work with them. That, and that's really exciting. Heather, let's hear another uh, takeaway from you. So one of the really cool things we got to do was to go to the Navy SEAL Museum and take that tour around the museum. And I, I was fascinated the entire time, but at the end, we, we had a, a nice time to be able to ask questions. And one of the questions I was really intrigued with was how they handle themselves after a stressful mission um, and how we can kind of relate that to us handling life in stressful situations. And especially in the middle of a pandemic, um, in the middle of all these different things that are attacking agriculture and, and trying to kind of mix that together and how you can take their their experiences and, and mix that with our experiences. And one of the things they said was just after a mission or after something was to talk it out and to debrief and kind of have someone navigate that debriefing time and kind of see what went well and, and what they need to work on for the next time. And then at the end of that kind of stop it and let's move forward. And it was kind of funny because that related a little bit back to those hats, you know, marking out the facts, marking out the feelings, um, what went wrong, what went right, and how we can do better for the future. And we need to really do that within our own businesses. And and when they talked about, take, you know, what takes a good operation, um, makes a good operation into a good leader, they said humility and communication. And And those are things that we have to have in the agriculture world as well. You know, communication, I think, is is absolutely key to be successful anywhere and especially in leadership. If the people around you or the people under you or the people above you in your organization are not communicating well, the organization is not going to succeed as well as it should. And so for the Navy SEALs, a mission could go very badly if they don't have the proper communication. And so it was just something to kind of take home and realize um, where, you know, you don't, you don't think about how you can, uh, uh, compare your life to a Navy SEAL. I mean, to me, they're like the most amazing people in the world. There's only a very few of them. It's quite, quite, uh, amazing to, to be able to find something you can take home and put in your real, your own life from what they're doing in their missions. Yeah. It's, uh, 
you bring up several great points there, Heather, particularly about how they how they like handle those situations that they that they're put into, and it's it's all it's it's about how they handle those, how they reflect, um, but it's also uh, how they do that to prepare for what's next. Um, and what did they learn from this? What went right? What went wrong? Um, and just getting it all out on the table and talking about it. And so it's it's making a, a, what could be a, you know a not great situation better um, just to be able to talk about it, but also just what's next, planning for what's ahead. And I think mental health is a really important topic at all levels uh, for everyone uh, right now. Um, but particularly, you know, in agri-natural resources, it's not something that we talk about a whole bunch, uh, but it's super important, particularly now with the with the stresses um, that, that we have in the industry and what we're faced with. Um, and so you're right, so much of, of what they said, of just being able to talk about it, have conversations about what's going on and, um, just get stuff out on the table, right? Not just our food on the table, right? We need to we need to talk about our feelings and and what's going on and and reach out. So there, I think there's a lot there that we can take take away from that visit, which is which is exciting, right? Because that was definitely not the that was the least related to agriculture visit that we made. But so much of what they talked about was applicable to to what we do. Um, again, goes back to that 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 range of places that we went to that were really exciting. Uh, Corey, let's hear another takeaway uh, from you. Uh, one thing that kind of stuck out to me is talking to all these different organizations about uh, innovation specifically. Um, the the piece of it that we often overlook is that in all of these successful companies, there were failures along the way. Um, so this idea of it being okay to fail, um, I think it was Mr. Ritchie at uh, Riverfront Packing said it's okay to fail, just not in the same way. Um, and so the idea of failure, you know, being a learning process, you know, obviously we don't want to keep doing the same things over and over again. Um, but in innovation, there's going to be failure and that's kind of what helps you grow and learn in that. Um, and so kind of the, the takeaway for me was just always be asking why. You know, why are we doing things this way? Um, why did this fail? Uh, you know, how can we do it differently? Um, and it kind of took me back to to a quote that we had at our, our previous seminar in Popka, um, where uh, Bisser with Live Trends said, it's okay to fall in love with what you do. It's not okay to fall in love with how you do it. Um, and so that was something that it kind of stuck with me and, and I carried over in, into this seminar um that you know all these different organizations there's there are failures along the way um but a lot of those failures have, have kind of helped bring them to to where they are today um and they've kind of embraced those failures and learned from absolutely them. you know from an outside perspective with a lot of companies that we interact with we don't we don't see failures for all we know it's just great product after great product success after success and just being able to have those conversations um, with the folks that we did on the seminar to hear them say that they have failed just once right or and or had se several failures to me that just opens the door and you know we we joke that you know what you see on Instagram that's not real life right you know you're only seeing what is the best photo uh, you don't see you know what else is going on in someone's life and that's kind of the same thing with what we saw there to hear them talk about you know failure and it's okay to 
to fail and and learn from those mistakes and create that culture where it's okay to try new things, move fast and break things. Uh, that's, uh, that's, I think, a really important lesson that we can all uh, kind of take something from. So this is our final takeaway each um, uh, coming up here. So Heather, what was your uh, final takeaway from the seminar? takeaway from the seminar and it's funny because one of the things that really stood out to me is that was the very beginning when we got these cute little cards that you made <laughs> that have our class core values on them that we can carry around and 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 I think it's 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 um every class is I'm sure has to come up with their their own little core values that that they're going to stand by and I, I really think that that's been unique for me thinking about the core values of our own company and I've heard my father-in-law say for as long as I've known him that, you know, honesty, integrity, and hard work are his three core values that he lives by. And I didn't even put that together until we started this program and really started talking about those core values, that that's what he meant when he was saying those things. I mean, obviously, he's honest. He has integrity as he's doing his job, and he's working hard, and that's how you stay in business. And, and with our class, you know, we really talked about accountability and, and accepting responsibility for your actions and having integrity, a strong ethical principle that, that's followed at all times, and resiliency. And I think resiliency is something that agriculture is, is just should be named by because if you're not going to be resilient, I don't think you should be in agriculture. <laughs> Seasonal seasonality, um, the weather, all the things that can knock agriculture out aside from just whether you're a good leader or whether you have the right people, you have to be resilient in this field. And so I think that, that that's something that, that really stood out to me and, and that acronym AIR, that your core values really have to be the air that you breathe and you have to stand by those. And whether those decisions are going to make people not happy, whether those decisions that you make in, in your um, values are, are going to um, make all the friends in the world, it, that doesn't matter. You have to stick by what you believe in and you have to run your organization correctly and even into your personal life. Because I think if you don't, if you don't have those same values in your personal life, it's not going to, to flow over into your business and into your work life. It has to be the same person. You can't um, have two different people. You're, it's not going to be consistent. So to me, it's if it, it, I think we keep talking about this in every single one of our sessions, and and that lesson I think it, it's it's being drilled into our heads for a reason because we need to know that and who we are, and that's something that I feel I'm gaining as I'm getting older as well, is who you are and being confident in yourself as a person. And that confidence can help make you a better leader. And and it's not arrogance. That, that confidence is just knowing deep inside of you that this is the kind of person I want to be. This is the kind of leader I want to be. These are the kind of people I want to lead. And and elevating the people around you. And, and I, I really, really love every time we have these kind of conversations about how we can be a better leader. Yeah, what we saw, we, we saw a lot of, of individuals make some hard decisions in, in business this past seminar, whether it was to innovate, to, you know, vertically integrate, to choose not to do something. Um, when, when I think about them and making that big decision, um, is that big decision driven by their core values? What helps them make those big decisions and, 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 in the direction that their business takes or um, to bring uh, different people to the table. And I think that's something 
to to consider that would make that process easier. Even when we're thinking about when we're thinking, when the class sat down and, and walked through the thinking hats and and went through that exercise for the first time and uh, coming up with solutions for the the issues that that we had presented there, um, you know, when we were when we make decisions or think about something. You know, what do we rely on to help us make those decisions and, and provide guidance to? And at the end of the day, it's those core values and uh, what's important to us, what's important to our company and organization, what's important to our industry. Heather, you, you bring a, a great point there. I think that uh, resilience should be a core value by default for every organization or individual in agriculture because, you know, we're, we're, we practice that so much. Um, so a uh, great one, great takeaway there, Heather. Corey, what's your uh, final takeaway from the seminar? So the final thing I was thinking um, is I was really impressed when we visited Terviva, um, talking about the Pongamia trees. Um, I think a lot of times that when we're trying to kind of set goals and you know hope to see where our organization goes, a lot of times we set those too small. Um, and so we're looking at Terviva, their mission is plant millions of trees and feed billions of people. Um, like, I don't think you can have a bigger goal, uh, for where you're, you're hoping that your company can go. Um, and so, you know, they're obviously taking all the small steps along the way to get there. Um, but just the respect that, that you have for, for companies that are willing to take the big swing, um, that could, you know, potentially move the needle for, you know, the world. Um, and so, you know, hopefully that that can get there. Um, but like I said, just setting, you know, bigger goals for, for your company, for your organization, um, that, that if you do reach those, that it can really move the needle, um, for, for a lot of people. Um, so that, I thought that was really cool kind of hearing their, their story and, and where they're wanting to go. Yeah, so. absolutely. I thought that was a really interesting stop. I had never heard, um, of that product before or the company and, you know, I think I think about that company. I think about when we went to Live Trends when we were in Apopka. It's almost like this new breed of uh, company or organization in agriculture happening with you know this new sense of uh, of values and you know really consumer focused um, operations and and it's it was refreshing to see that uh, that new approach applied in agriculture natural resources and working you know um, and so I think there's a lot of cool things that we could take away from uh, from that visit. Well, there you have it, our top takeaways from Strawn Seminar 5 in the Fort Pierce Vero Beach area. A special thanks to Heather and Corey for being part of the conversation today and sharing their experiences. You heard Heather and Corey talk about the six thinking hats a couple times during this episode. Check out the episode notes for a few resources on this really helpful method of thinking and problem solving. Also, if you enjoyed hearing from the class in this episode, reach out and let us know. We're always looking for new ways to share information and connect with alumni. It was great to hear Heather and Corey reflect on the seminar experience, and we're excited to continue sharing everyone's story. Thanks for listening.